0: Welcome to the next episode of Queers Did That, a queer history podcast. My name is Amanda. I'm Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Amanda? I'm fantastic. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Truly. So, do you know what we're talking about today? Did (laughs) I tell you yet? No, actually, I have no idea. Okay. Wow. This was also just like the boycott episode that we recorded previously. This episode was inspired by the time I went and talked with a bunch of high schoolers who didn't know about the boycotts that we talked in the other one. You should listen to it if you didn't listen to it. But this one, while it was also a boycott, I think deserved to have its own specific episode because it had the most quantifiable impact on the gay community, obviously the other boycotts. Had similar impacts, but this was the one where you can see numbers very clearly, and it's been tracked by various organizations. So what we're going to talk t- about today is ACT UP versus Philip Morris. And before I get into it, do you know what ACT UP stands for?
1: Uh, all cuties to un-participate.
0: No. <laughs> so... ACT UP is the AIDS coalition to unleash power that was formed in the 80s specifically to protest the lack of funding for the AIDS crisis, the CDC, you know, the different symbols with the pink triangle, mm-hmm. you know, leave my body on the steps of the CDC. All of that was basically the like radical political movement and the protests against the reagan and then hw administrations uh, for their lack of doing anything blatantly ignoring the aids crisis so this is how that organization came about in 1990 act up sparked a year-long boycott against philip morris Specifically, the Marlowe Cigarettes and Miller Beer, because Miller Beer was also owned by the same company. Oh, I didn't know that. The boycott protested the company's support of Senator Jesse Helms, a Republican in North Carolina, who was a leading opponent of AIDS funding and civil rights for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. Mm. So, makes sense. mm mm-hmm. So ACT UP demanded that Philip Morris sever its ties with Helms and acknowledge its responsibility to the LGBT community and people with AIDS. The boycott was widely reported in gay press and spread rapidly across the country, especially there's different ACT UP groups, like chapters Mm -hmm. in different cities. So you have ACT UP California, Los Angeles. You have ACT UP New York. You have ACT UP Philadelphia. Can
1: I ask a question? Yes. Yes. Why did ACT UP feel the need to, like, why did they feel like that Philip Morris
0: had a responsibility to the gay community? I think that, I think really the specific targeting of that was bec- they were trying to go after corporations that were supporting anti-gay politicians mm. you're trying to get anyone on your side right. even if it's like a cigarette company well i was just wondering if there was some weird sort of relationship there between not that i know of, not that i could find gays and cigarettes or something there is but only after this and we're gonna talk about that too okay so it spread really fast but people felt like the tactic was Problematic. Targeting Philip Morris was a very indirect way of going after Helms, the senator, mm-hmm. because you're going after a supporter, but you're not necessarily voting against a specific politician. So that's an issue. Also, the cigarette boycott required waiting smokers to either stop smoking <laughs> or switch brands. And if you know anything about <laughs> either one of those, that is not going to happen. It kind of was difficult to do that, and also it was hard to gauge the percentage of Marlboro smokers in the community and how sympathetic they would be to the boycott. So you have an unknown amount number of gay smokers who also smoke Marlboro cigarettes, mm-hmm. so it kind of kind of snowballed into what are we doing this for yeah. a lot of times. ACT UP in San Francisco called—they were the ones who called for the extension of the boycott to Miller Beer. Miller Light was, quote, the beer of choice in the gay community— and was easier to affect sales hmm. that way more so than cigarettes you can it's a lot easier to switch a beer than switch a cigarette <laughs> right more so usually so by September 1990 the boycott had spread to more than 30 cities and 300 bars and restaurants nationwide the more mainstream national gay organizations like the human rights campaign fund and the national gay and lesbian task force endorsed the action the executive director, Tim McFeely, said that the boycott would educate the public about Philip Morris's undermining the struggle for an effective strategy against AIDS and the full civil rights movement for lesbian and gay Americans. These organizations, along with ACT UP, try to get in meetings with Phil Morris, but they declined because they could, you know, they had all the power in the situation. But like with every boycott that we talked about before and other ones, not everyone was on board for this boycott. Hmm. Many people in the community resented acts ups calling a boycott without consulting community leaders. Okay. So they really didn't, you know, get a pulse of at least somewhat of what was going on, how people felt about it. And the call to add Miller Beer originated in San Francisco, but even San Francisco wasn't fight over it, so they really didn't even know like they didn't get like a good gauge on that mm-hmm. there. The San Francisco Sentinel, a gay newspaper, published an editorial called "Drink Up: There's No Boycott," which asked why the obsession with Miller, which has proven throughout the years to be one of the better corporate friends, so anger mounted against ACT UP for targeting Miller, and more LGBT organizations began to began to express opposition. <laughs> well, because especially at this point, and I know we have these issues with like corporate rainbow pride now yeah that really was few and far between back then because Mm -hmm. it was still bad press quote unquote to be gay friendly because of aids yeah so they're like don't miller's good to us don't piss them off we have like four friends who are corporations because corporations are people Mm -hmm. and Let's not piss them off. Yeah. But at least one gay publication sought to exploit the boycott for personal gain. Uh Uh-oh. Only a few weeks since the boycott, the editor of the Philadelphia Gay News... No, (laughs) Philly. ...contacted Philip Morris to ask them whether, quote, in the wake of controversy surrounding Philip Morris in the gay community, the tobacco company would consider taking out advertising in its paper during the upcoming Gay Pride Week. Oh, no. Philip Morris evaluated the request and rejected it because of, quote, controversial editorial environment and insufficient coverage in Philadelphia. Mm. By late April 1990, the vice president of Philip Morris acknowledged receiving numerous phone calls about the boycott and recommending taking it as a low profile as possible. They're just like, if we ignore it, we'll go away. Their official statement on the action said that the company was early and generous contributor of AIDS research and backed Helm solely because he supported tobacco and it would continue to support both AIDS research and the center. I think it's really interesting. And like the one I was like talking about with the high school group, you have people who are 15 years younger than us and don't remember, you know, Joe cool advertisements and don't remember the excessive amounts. I mean, obviously they still advertise a lot today, but even more so, the advertising that existed when we were kids in the '90s, mm-hmm. there was it was everywhere. And big tobacco, it's still a very powerful lobby, but it's so much less powerful than it was even 20 years ago. They mm-hmm. owned everything. It's a, it's kind of like Philip Morris was essentially the NRA in the '90s. Mm-hmm. So they were had that much power and like basically had a stronghold on most of politics, so... I, I, like, have vague memories of this, like, having these, this powerful, like, tobacco companies, and I don't think that's, like, the same feeling that exists now, I don't think people get that same vibe who never grew up in that, even though we were, like, very much on the edge of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we used to see billboards for cigarettes all the time, and now I feel like they're not as prevalent as they (laughs) once were, like... Yeah. So... No, yeah, the advertising for cigarettes has uh, diminished quite a lot since we were kids.
0: Yeah. While this was going on, they refused to meet, Philip Morris refused to meet with ACT UP before the boycott, but they finally relented after a while. So, obviously, the initial meeting ended without any resolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Petrellas, one of the boycott leaders, said that the PM people claimed they donated 0.5 million to AIDS and suggested the gay community boycott RJ Reynolds Nabisco Corporation instead. <laughs> wait, wait, so they <laughs> So Philip Morris was like, hey, don't boycott us. Boycott those guys. <laughs> boycott them. Yeah, it's one of those arguments where we're like, they suck too. Right. Okay, but y- you don't complain about them. No, we do. But we're also complaining about you. But they also suck. They also <laughs> did a bad thing. Okay. But we're going to talk about this right now since you're Philip Morris? No. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, so Act Up to Acknowledge that Philip Morris given a large donation to American Foundation for AIDS Research and supported some pro-gay lesbian candidates but argued that Helms has caused such destruction to our community that no number of sympathetic Candidates receiving money from Philip Morris can undo the damage. Mm. So it's kind of like supporting a couple of pro-gay politicians and also supporting Paul Ryan. <laughs> First one I thought of. Uh, of uh, let's see.
1: Supporting. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of bad ones. But yeah,
0: essentially it's you have gay-friendly, middle-adjacent-ish yeah, type candidates And then they also support someone completely right of center. And I think it's a fair argument to say that all those lukewarm candidates don't necessarily outweigh the really terrible one. I think it's a pretty fair argument. Yeah. Charles, again, dubbed Philip Morris giving policy, quote, corporate schizophrenia, (laughs) akin to simultaneously supporting the NAACP, And also the Ku Klux (laughs) Klan. So, kind of what we were saying. Yeah. It's corporations like to put both hands out. Yeah. If they're going to make the most money by being like, oh no, we support you. And then turn around being like, we really don't support them. Yeah. They're going to do it because they make money. Right. That's, you know, but it's still shake. Yeah. While this is going on, in October of 1990, Philip Morris inaugurated a nationwide company sponsored tour of the 200 euro copy of the Bill of Rights, starting in Vermont. Hmm. ACT UP had a very loud presence at these tour stops. Protesters pointed out that Philip sponsorship of the tour conflicted with its support of Jesse Helms, who is a well-known non-supporter of civil rights, mm. who is very uh, um, opposed to civil rights. At the exhibit in Baltimore, boycott leaders... In the exhibit in Baltimore, boycott leader Pachellos asked, how can a company wrap itself in the Bill of Rights at the same time it supports a man who wants to dismantle constitutional underpinnings? Mm. All very good points. Right. So then a spokeswoman, Philip spokeswoman, Taggarty Patrick, framed the demonstration as, quote, the Bill of Rights in action. They're saying, oh, well, we support these people because <laughs> they're exercising their right to protest and isn't that just great? Ugh. Yep, but... By the time we got to 1991 in Seattle, Gay Community News reported that one portion of the exhibit, which provided visitors an opportunity to stand on a soapbox and videotape themselves exercising their freedom of speech, <laughs> was closed down after activists used it as an opportunity to voice their complaints about <laughs> Philip Morrison-Helms. <laughs> that's great. I don't... The irony is just speaks for itself, I think. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Oh, we, we support freedom of speech, and they're just... Exercising the rights until they use our platform that we gave them to exercise their freedom of speech. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> the Bill of Rights tour protests were among the few occasions when act up demonstrators interacted with the tobacco control activists, smoking control advocacy resource center, group against smoking pollution. So, very different, like, anti-smoking groups that kind of sort of intertwined with ACT UP, but there was really no true partnership, not, like, with, like, labor unions and the gay community, for course, like, that that didn't exist. They kind of interacted, but not necessarily formed a partnership. Mm. So, on May 29th, 1991, after a series of meetings with Philip Morris, (laughs) ACT UP DC announced that the boycott was over. Oh. The demand that Philip Morris drop its ties to Jesse Helms was abandoned. Instead, Philip Morris pledged to make a substantial donation to AIDS-related causes throughout the epidemic's duration. The dollar amount remained publicly unspecified because Philip Morris officials refused to provide details or even put the settlement on its own letterhead. Oh. Petralis of ACT UP DC was satisfied. We had an ethical choice. Either we remain politically correct and continue the boycott or settle and actually do something. Let's use the money to keep our friends alive. In response to the settlement, the gay men's health crisis defend taking the money from Phil Morris because it's important that money gets to AIDS programs and services that are in desperate need. Yeah. Which makes sense. That makes sense. But many, obviously principal (laughs) organizers, oppose the ending to the boycott. Act Up San Francisco vowed to continue, quote, until the huge conglomerate cuts off all support to Senator Helms. The group went for trellis to pressure Philip Morris to stand against the Bush administration plans to bar people with HIV infection from immigrating to the United States. Valid point. Mm -hmm. But it was rebuffed. Dobbs of ACT UP NY objected that 70 groups endorsed the boycott, and only two groups signed on to the agreement. So many more organizations and the different factions of ACT UP did not support the end of the boycott, but the people who decided they needed the money. There was no winning in that situation. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough situation. Except you obviously need money for research and health care because you're not getting it from the government. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there was a winning in that situation. Act Up San Francisco and other challengers question the morality of taking the money from tobacco interests. This settlement represents us taking money from walking over the bodies of those killed by cigarettes. What are we telling cancer activists if we're taking money from a corporation that causes cancer? It it's basically it complicated yeah so really i think the only true winner in the situation was philip morris because they saw ending the boycott as a public relations strategy not a financial defeat obviously because they were worth a buttload of money and giving even a hundred million dollars wasn't going to put a dent in them they could not care at all mm-hmm It looks good, so they did it. They looked good and also there was very significant long-term impact. Because of this and realizing how much the gay community could have an impact on the company, that's when Philip Morris decided to specifically target the gay community with tobacco products. In the early 1990s, even though the LGBT community had made remarkable progress in its quest to shed its negative image, Philip Morris remained wary of openly courting LGBT people, but because of this, they decided to realize that they could also make more money by appearing to be quote-unquote gay-friendly. Gave other tobacco companies as well, Philip Morris. The boycott gave Philip Morris and other tobacco organizations an opportunity to normalize their relationship with the LGBT community. While the boycott was in progress, Philip Morris produced a marketing plan focused on the psyches of 20-somethings, the quote Generation behind such so- social action groups such as ACT UP. <laughs> Shortly after boycott was settled, Philip Morris donated ten thousand dollars to GLAD, and 1992, Philip Morris' first cigarette ads appeared in a gay publication. GLAD applauded the move, <laughs> saying by recognizing the power and the clout and the importance of gay and lesbian community. By 1994, they conducted marketing focus groups with gay men, with the acceleration. Of its charitable giving to a wide variety of LGBT and AIDS organizations, sparked by the boycotts element, they established themselves as a benefactor, whose interests had to be considered. <laughs> this essentially was the boycott's legacy. Ugh. Very different examples of ads, like you know, quote, take pride in your flavor. Oof. Virginia Slim's ad had, quote, you always follow it straight and narrow and you'll never know what's around the corner. And you have, you know, obviously lesbians for the Virginia Slims. Mm. So, obviously that was bad. There was a lot of research done and the Truth Initiative, which is a very anti- Yes, yes, the commercials, yes. Yes. They have, they uncovered a lot of information specifically about the marketing target. The main project, if you will, of Philip Morris and other tobacco corporations it was called project scum oh no which was which stood for subculture urban marketing Mm -hmm. recognizing the possible offensive nature of this label the marketing plan was renamed to project sourdough (laughs) okay because of just i don't know where that came from The project documents came to lay after a court order forced R.J. Reynolds to hand them over during the state of California's litigation against tobacco companies. Their marketing in the 90s of its Camel and Winston cigarettes brands drew drew attention of attorneys representing California cities and countries. Project Scum highlighted how tobacco companies in the 1990s were targeting young adults to be lifetime smokers. So here's some more... (coughs) All of these numbers are from truthinitiative.com. I'm mm-hmm. not making up these statistics. <laughs> <coughs> I just, you know, you can make a, you know, you can look them up if you don't believe me. But overall, 20.6% of LGBT adults and 35.5% of transgender adults smoke cigarettes, mm-hmm. compared to 14.9 straight adults. Huh. Trans adults are 2.1 times more likely than cisgender adults to smoke. Only 11.8% of heterosexual young adults indicate that they currently smoke cigarettes, compared to 19% of homosexuals and 16.9% of bisexuals and 33.2% of transgender young adults. Wow. Bisexual women are up to 3.5 times more likely to smoke, try their first cigarette at a younger age, and have a higher nicotine dependence than heterosexual women lgbt smokers are significantly more likely to smoke menthol cigarettes more than 36 percent of lgbt smokers report that they usually smoke menthols which are easier to use and harder to quit (laughs) the prevalence of smoking other types of tobacco including water pipes and cigars higher in lgbt adults compared to heterosexual adults obviously there's many reasons for that you have coping with mental health issues that are going unchecked (laughs) in the community the stigma associated with being a gay person in larger society but it wouldn't have taken such it probably wouldn't have taken such a Mm stronghold in the community if the door wasn't pushed open for Philip Morris I'm not saying it was done on purpose but the door opened a little bit yeah Philip Morris kind of stuck its foot in there and then people I don't know if they realized what they were doing with like some of these publications, but you have to. And this is, again, this is something that we're dealing with now. It's like, yes, money <laughs> is important, and money helps things move along with you know in the community and with the organizations. But there is a cost to that. Yeah, you know, you have the cigarette ads, you have all of. You know, the alcohol ads, uh, Pride, the Absolute Floats, and obviously you don't have, you know, a giant Philip Morris float <laughs> during Pride, thankfully. But having, like, I was really surprised to see something like Glad being like, this is great for our community. Right. How out of touch and, like, un- like how terrible that is. Mm-hmm. And... It's kind of just a shame that people felt like they had to welcome that because as a community, we're so beaten down that we're just like, okay, I'll, we'll take your money.
1: Yeah, grasping at straws, like anything that'll come along to <laughs> anybody willing to throw any amount of support.
0: Yeah, right. corporate pride. Yeah. You, you have things with organizations now. You have floats and also <laughs> very much support people in the organizations. They want to do us harm right but we're like yay <laughs> free stuff of <software> pride <laughs> beads yeah and i wish yeah i don't know i think it obviously it sucks but you it's easy to look back and say like act up shouldn't have done that but at the same time it's like well you know i think people now looking back on tobacco companies and their influences and having all these documents released and the fact that we have access to them mm-hmm. now it's easier to see how... Everyone knew there was terrible, but how terrible wasn't really, like... There wasn't really evidence for it until all these hearings and proceedings came to light and all these documents came to light. So it's kind of understandable that you kind of wanted to shake hands with the devil because you didn't realize how terrible the devil was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I'm sorry. I thought this was a very important thing to talk about, though. No, it's interesting. I, I never heard about that before, so... Yeah, it's just one of those things where... You're hoping that, you, ho- you hope a corporation does the right thing, but then <laughs> realizing it's a corporation, especially in the tobacco industry, and realizes that they're going to take a group that so desperately needs help and use it to their advantage. Right. Which it, no one's surprised about, but still really sucks. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of a bummer. Fine. <laughs> I'll pick a poor positive topic next time. <laughs> Sounds good. But I think it's important that we talk about the history that's not always happy either. Yeah. That's our show. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at queersdidthat at gmail.com or tweet us at queersdidthat. And until next time, make gay history and make history gay. Bye. Bye. Oh, no. I was just playing (laughs) with... Okay. I thought I had something on my chin. No. Okay. So...